Today's episode is made possible by Screen Hero. With low lag and an independent mouse pointer for each user, Screen Hero is a screen sharing application built from the ground up for collaboration. Whether you're pair programming, reviewing a website design with a client, or just helping a distant family member with their computer, Screen Hero makes you a participant instead of a spectator. To try it out for free, visit ScreenHero.com. Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 101. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Jose Luis Torres. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Avdi. <laughs> and uh, if you would, give me a, a quick introduction of yourself. Yeah, I'm located in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico, um, which is in the center of the country. I live three hours from the ocean, so which is nice for me. Uh, I love surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm currently working for a, a New York City-based startup. Basically, um, we are a distributed team that work for for them. Um, some other people from Mexico and um, some others in San Francisco as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been a developer for the last 12 years. Uh, I've been working in large uh, U.S. companies like General Electric. Mm-hmm. Um, several businesses uh, like GE Money, GE Healthcare, GE Corporate, um, big projects with PHP, Ruby, some Java, and a lot of Flex, ActionScript related. Is that fairly common uh, that uh, U.S. companies are hiring people in Mexico? Yeah, actually, um, most of my um, classmates from college mm-hmm. are working for a U.S. company okay. forever, like we got out of college in 2001, so there are most of the people either work from here in Mexico or just move to the States and are working over there. Okay. Now, uh, how do U.S. companies find you? Um, well, usually uh, I've been very lucky with LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Most of my jobs have been found. I found those there. And uh, we even uh, started a company a few years ago uh, with a U.S. partner that uh, fortunately wasn't mm-hmm. very successful. But uh, I found even one guy was able to create a company from scratch, from nothing, with a twist team with several people from a lot of different countries, which I think at the end was what uh, wasn't the best. Like, mm-hmm. Having many people from different time zones, um, different uh, cultures, and uh, the common thing is obviously development, but sometimes the language, English, could be a barrier, mm-hmm. as well as the way you work. So, Right, yeah. right. It's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned LinkedIn. That's There's kind of a joke, at least among <laughs> a lot of people I know, that you know, no, we, we all have LinkedIn accounts and none of us know what they're good for. So it's, it's, it's cool to hear from someone who has actually made good use of LinkedIn. Yeah, it's funny because even uh, my wife has said that. Like, I don't need a LinkedIn account. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've been needing a – I've been using it just to find jobs for the last 
five, six years and it mm-hmm. works. So and I have, I haven't had to pay anything. So nice. that's advantage. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess, I guess the, uh, the, the, the people who are recruiting on LinkedIn are the ones who are paying for, for it. I, I assume, I don't know. Right. So what, what is that? What has your experience been like? I mean, what have been some of the, have there been challenges along the way working for these U.S. companies remotely? Yeah, well, um, the big big challenge is, I guess, that no matter where you are, it's communication. Like, um, you need to be very good at knowing that no matter how good you are in doing something, you need to communicate it well enough that mm-hmm. everybody else knows what you're talking about. And uh, over-communicating is the best strategy, at least for, for me, mm-hmm. that uh, you have to say the same thing in several ways, paraphrasate. Stuff so you are sure that uh, either your product owner, your project leader, project manager knows exactly uh, what are you gonna do mm-hmm. if there's for a feature, for a fix, for a deployment, or whatever you define. Like, give me an uh, example. Like, like what's challenge. what? Uh, what is something that you might communicate in multiple ways? <laughs> Let's say that you have a specific feature that somehow it has. Several business rules, but um, sometimes the word can be said or understood differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's say, um, some people can assume that an entity can have comments, and that comments can tell the people in development that there is a table called or named comments, mm-hmm. but the product owner might not know that or they can say description, they can say that it's somewhere else or you have to make sure that that it's the comment, it's the comment, but it's not the comment because it's in a different table and that kind of stuff. Like that's a technical thing, but it can be many different stuff like, oh, we're doing a deployment and they, if, if it's not a technical person, you have to say, yeah, we're updating the code with this and that. And at some point, the application can hang or can have um, a hiccup and you might notice a slow response and that kind of stuff. Like you have to expand the explanation of the things. Mm-hmm. So they they know more uh, in their own language. And in, this also happens with uh, developments that are in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. That sometimes, for example, in our case, that we live in Mexico and we're close to the states, and we learn English from more from the states, like rather than English from England or sure. English from, let's say, we we have someone from South Africa, mm-hmm. which is uh, really really was bad English for me <laughs> at least. Yeah, that's a very different accent. Yeah, a different accent, different ways of calling. So you make to you have to make sure you you say it in the right way for the right person. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, there are these little, there are these little differences in, um, in, in dialect that are, that are interesting. Uh, one of my favorites is the, con- the, the concept of a queue. Uh, of course, okay. I think most, most computer programmers have a pretty good concept of a, of what a queue is, but, uh, I remember hearing the story of how Netflix had they, they, they you know, they, they implemented the, the queues of videos for people and they called it my queue and, and, in you know the UK or Ireland or or anywhere in Great Britain, that was that was like a perfectly ordinary term, but nobody in the states had ever heard of that. Right. And 
<laughs> and 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 the the lead programmer from Netflix was talking about how they had you know heard problem reports from from people with like every possible like pronunciation of Q you know people calling it like Q E U E and stuff like that and they had no idea what one is. I noticed that they finally after many many years they finally changed it in the states to 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 read my list rather than my Q. Anyway, it's kind of unrelated, but it amuses me. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> So, um, without naming any, since you, you've worked at a, a few organizations, without naming any names, can you tell me, like, yeah. what is a, what is a really dysfunctional, what, what, what is something that an organization that you've worked with has done wrong as far as working distri- distributed? I would say that not making sure that the, the development team understands the impact that their fixes or changes can have. Like, um, we were in a financial company that, uh, cost the company, our, our fix, quote unquote, cost like $200,000. Just one line of code, make mm. a mess. And, and if we knew that that kind of stuff can happen, um, we obviously will take bigger efforts to avoid that kind of situation. Right. Right. Like it, so it they're basically really, really like their their perspective is just like describe the technical problem and throw it over the throw it over the wall and and you're not they're not involving uh, you so much in a in an idea of what the product does and and, and what the implications are. Sometimes you know a little bit, but um, when they um, they have an issue and it's an urgent issue because it's money related and then you need to fix it as fast as possible. But um, the fact that you either you don't have a way to, to test it and you don't know exactly what it's going to impact, like if this is going to change uh, one um, zero for $200,000 can be a very big issue. Like um, sometimes we don't know enough about what is under the hood Mm-hmm. Because we're we're in one uh, part of the system, right? And they can make different operations, and that can cause like this issue, a money issue, right? So what's the fix there? What what does a good organization do? Usually, what has worked for us at least is making sure once you you need to make sure that your product owner describe as much as possible the specifications of a feature of a fix of or whatever it can impact mm-hmm. and then and you might you have you need to have as a policy in your development team or as a let's we can say common sense but sometimes common sense is not enough mm-hmm. so you have to create that common sense on the uh, development team you need to make sure that they ask and ask and ask if they have doubts or they have something that doesn't necessarily uh, say the whole thing. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that they understand that they need to ask. Some people are afraid of asking, especially that if uh, you think that the most of the people in the States are, aren't like very afraid of asking things. And that's something that also my wife uh, is very good to, to tell me that you need to be honest and, and tell them that you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Because um, in, if you're working in a distributed team, the culture of not asking or not saying no is mm-hmm. very high, especially in, in Latin America. 
um, even in, in with Indian guys, um, that sometimes they can't say no. Right. So you need to make sure that they ask, mm-hmm. ask the right questions and ask and ask and ask until you are completely satisfied that you know enough about the feature so you can implement it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a way, like, let's say I'm, you know, I'm running a team in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Is there a, go- a better way, like a, a best way to to draw out those questions? You know, is it enough to say, do you have any questions or, or should I say more than that? I guess that the best uh, that you can do as a product owner or as a team leader or whatever is to make a share screen. And, and uh, if you have some mock-ups, go through the mock-ups or try to reproduce the issue using, a, again, the, the share screen is very important. Mm-hmm. Like to tell them, you, you, you see what I'm trying to, to do here? Mm-hmm. Instead of this, you have to change that. Otherwise, it's going to impact, impact here. Mm-hmm. Um, use as much resources as possible, I would say, is the, the, the perfect rule, if there is a perfect rule. Mm-hmm. Um, to use mockups, to, to share screen, to explain over and over. And um, perhaps, uh, yeah, I mean, the, I don't think you have any question is enough. Mm-hmm. Always, you need to ask them like more specific. So, if this is happening here, what do you think is going to happen when you I change this? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, now I got it. Here, you need this for this, and in this case, we're going to use an Ajax thing. Then we need to make sure that that Ajax is not failing, or the CSS is going to make a mess here if you don't do that or whatever. I mean, you have to be resourceful. You have to make sure that the other part understands what are the requirements. Either use a share screen and write uh, as much as possible or um, as much detail as possible the, the specification of a feature, of a fix. The way A way to reproduce the things are very important. Um, the steps uh, to reproduce something and to if it's something that it's a large, uh, a large feature. Make sure that you use a chart screen and have as many calls as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, that's that's it. Talking about a shared screen kind of brings us to another topic. What are some of the tools that you find essential for the communication? Well, depending on the uh, on what we are doing, but uh, we use a Skype like our default tool. Mm-hmm. But we have used TeamViewer, GoToMeeting, Google Hangouts, like whatever is working for us or if, it's, if someone is having an issue with Skype, like it's usually uh, our first thing, but uh, we move to another immediately to to describe the error or to to share the, the screen. Mm-hmm. Cool. What uh, what advice would you have for somebody who is thinking of working remotely for a big company? Well, you if especially if you're like in our case in Mexico, you need to make sure that you're confident with your English, to and confident with yourself that you need to be asking and asking questions. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, like uh, you need to make sure that um, you understand the culture well enough to fulfill the requirements 
Um, you need to be uh, very communicative, over communicative. Also, we we have a, one system here uh, our home. We both work remotely, my wife and I. So we have uh, several internet connections. So if one is failing, we use the other one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we have to leave home and go somewhere else because we need to work. Right. Um, what else? Um, have an extra computer just in case uh, one is failing or broken mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and a good headset. Mm. Especially in, in, in my case that, um, my English is not perfect. So I need to make sure that at least you can hear me well enough. So you understand me better. Right. Yeah. That's true. That makes a huge difference. Um, when, when there are like accents involved, uh, mm-hmm. it, it can, a, a good, good audio quality can definitely be the difference between just barely figuring out what somebody is saying and, and not actually figuring it out at all. Right. Yep. And I feel like I feel like when there are accents involved and when some people are speaking, you know, a second language, I feel like there's always that there's that temptation if you don't quite understand what somebody says to, you know, to you don't want to inter- interrupt the conversation all the time with could you repeat that or or what do you mean yeah. by that? And so there's kind of that temptation to just to just kind of keep nodding and smiling and hoping that you have the gist of it. And I guess that's probably not a good idea when you're talking about really important technical details. That's right, and uh, that definitely happens to me. Like, you need to make sure you interrupt if you understand something, mm-hmm. no matter wh- who you're talking to. Because again, like people are afraid here in Mexico. At least with the people that I know, are afraid to uh, interrupt someone that it's either in a higher position or it's the director or right. whoever, the customer, and you don't want to interrupt because either you feel ashamed that. They, you think that they're gonna think that you understand English, mm-hmm. not the sentence as it was said or the concept that they are talking about. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's um, that's tough. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's I guess in the end it's it's better to better to ask the question than to wind up into implementing the wrong feature. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been um, this has been really informative, and I, I appreciate your time. Um, before I let you go, where can people find you online? My handle on Twitter is Jose Luis underscore Torres, and uh, my email address is jl at joseluistorres.me, which <laughs> probably I will have to spell it so that everyone understands how how am I online. But I think they will find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll have some some stuff linked up in the uh, in the show notes. Great. Well, uh, Jose Luis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ati. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquet. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Why, 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 why